The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It's Enrico Palazzo! Yeah. How about that? You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been It's time for another edition of the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. It's episode 37. On today's show, your hosts Christopher Deary and Michael Govier take a look at playoff scenarios and the fantasy fallout such as Randy Arozarena. Will his draft stock rise? Will it be too high of a price? They also take a look at the starting pitching ranks, the top five, and the pitchers who are moving into the top ten overall. So sit back and relax and catch up on some good old-fashioned fantasy baseball talk with your two pals, Chris and Mike. Take it away, boys! Welcome into the Palazzo Podcast, episode 37. We're back after a couple weeks off. We were busy doing things, weren't we? Christopher Deary knows Whoa. best. He's my partner in crime, and we're talking baseball today. We're going to talk about mock drafts, 2021 preview, a little bit of the playoffs, how do you interpret the playoffs from a fantasy perspective, and uh, that'll be it. Real simple, straight to the point, Palazzo Podcast. So, Chris, how's the last few weeks for you? Uh, it's been busy with work, but uh, watching playoff baseball has been super exciting. Uh, it's kind of shaked out the way I thought it was. I was hoping the Astros didn't get as far, and uh, they're up 3-1 right now. This series might extend for a few more days, and, uh, and we might get into it, but I think the Dodgers probably win tonight, too. I think that series is probably going to go 6 or 7, so it's it's been exciting to watch some playoff baseball. Though. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't take all the money in the world with hindsight. And just bet on the Astros to beat the Twins. I mean, the Twins just never, ever get it done. Ever. No, they they did not show up at all. What is it now? I mean, 17, were tight game. games. They were tight they games. It's not like they got blown out, you know. It was unfortunate. They played. They grinded. They tried. But they lost. Because their bullpen sucks. Rodgers was not the closer this year that he was last year. And the other guys didn't perform. And after a couple of the starters at the front end who could give you five, six innings, they go, without Maeda and Barrios, it just gets... It's not that strong. The pitching is the problem. And that's what the playoff pitching matters. 
Oh, absolutely. You saw it with the Braves. That's why the Braves got to where they are were pitching fantastic up until yesterday, but uh, yeah, the, I mean, the <laughs> two guys gave did, up like 15 runs combined. That was right? hilarious. Minnesota did what they could by going out and getting Maeda and you know solidifying that front end of the staff, but the bullpen and it's tough when you're it's a best of three series. You know that's really really difficult. They they were at home, but uh, yeah, they bow out again. I think it was 18 straight losses in the playoffs. They didn't even have to play the Yankees this time. Yeah, I know. That was the thing. People thought the Yankees were their only bugaboo, but it turns out um, the Twins just didn't have what it takes. But this is the Plazo Podcast. We're on Twitter, Plazo Podcast. And you can email the show, Plazo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We recognize it is the off season, but uh, we're here. You know, this is where some of the work begins. And I guess we're learning that as a couple of, you know, newbies. Uh, people are mock drafting, and uh, I've been a part of one, uh, I admit. I haven't been like super thrilled about it. I'm not, I haven't been like, oh my God, I can't wait till my next pick. I admit it. It's a slow draft. You have four hours per pick. So, uh, so that'll take four months. Yeah. It's been going on for like a week. I think That's <laughs> I'm pretty sure That's we're on pick great. 20 now or something like that. I, uh, I'll talk about that though. We'll talk about some of my choices and we'll take a look at, uh, what these playoffs mean for 2021. But Randy Rosarina has been the hot fucking name. And it really bums me out because now his price is going to get jacked up in 2021. And I really, really liked him. I thought that he could make an impact this season. And he kind of did the last couple of weeks once he got the call and started getting more playing time from Tampa. And now with this next level effort on the national scene, I mean, what is the, what, what is the threshold for this guy now? I, I mean, is this guy going to be a top hundred pick now? A Rosa God. <laughs> Yeah, I'd, I'd have to look back. Into, <laughs> I'd have to look back into the last maybe five, six years of guys that just completely overperformed in the playoffs and how it affected their draft stock going into next year. You know, on the reverse end of this, look at a guy like Brandon Lau, who's been absolute garbage for three weeks now in the playoffs. He's been an absolute mess, and he's a guy who had an excellent season. Does his poor playoff uh, performance is that going to hinder his uh, draft stock next year? That's a good question. I would think not, but they're probably hit it a little bit because people are reactionary. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, I remember uh, Cody Ross, what he did for like the Giants. He had that hell of a playoff run. Was that 2010? Or I can't remember which. Mm-hmm. All the World Series bleed together for the Giants because all those players seem the same to me, but uh, Cody Ross was phenomenal, and then you know he didn't do shit the next year. So <laughs> Rose Arena, though, is a prospect, and he's up and coming. So he's going to be someone that you would target. And if you have him in Dynasty, that's great. But we'll see. I have no idea. Well, yeah, I I mean, he, he could be a guy that, let's say you got a 12 to 15 player keeper league, and he's on your roster. Maybe before the playoffs, you weren't thinking about keeping him. He might have been right on the edge there. And now maybe he's right up there in your top 10, top 12 now. So I don't know. It's It's – with the wacky season we had, how do we analyze what happened through 60 games? How do you analyze what happens through the playoffs? I mean, obviously, everything is amped up in the playoffs. Things happen that are so, so wacky. Uh, so we'll see. It'll be really interesting to you know see these mocks over the next uh, few weeks and going into the offseason. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. And, of course, we'll be... Uh, I don't know if we'll do a show every week or not, but uh, we'll be doing shows throughout the offseason. We'll be talking about moves when the hot stove gets going because I assume baseball will start up on time next year as opposed to other seasons that have been drastically shifted with their schedules. I mean, the NBA now, they're talking it might not even start till next March. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it's just all 
NHL, who knows when that'll start? Everything's changed now. But baseball is still on track. Whether they do a bubble or not, though I assume there'll be a spring training. We're going to get a full 162-game uh, season, which will be nice because then we can actually watch players struggle, get better, uh, watch players who are great not be so great later on because, you know, you look back at this regular season, you know there were people, whether they were at one end of the spectrum or the other, the people that rolled or the people that were trash and then started to catch fire like Mondesi, Adibult or Mondesi, uh, you know that eventually there would be a shift for all these players because nobody dominates a 162-game season except Mike Trout. Even he doesn't do that. Yeah, I think I was affected by this 60-game season in my in my big keeper league. I ended up finishing ninth. I missed out on the playoffs. I'm pretty sure I have a top four team in that league. And it just – we had 10 teams over 500 in this league, 10 teams out of 12. It was crazy. And I just missed out on the 18 playoff. And I was, I was really bummed because I felt like I had a really, really solid team. So I'm excited that maybe we'll get 162 next year. Who underperformed then on that team? Was it not a matter of underperforming? There was just too much competition. Uh, I don't know if it was underperformance. I mean, Darvish was really great for me. I had Story and Acuna. I mean, Acuna Darvish got Darvish was a so so towards the end, though. What's that? Darvish was so so towards the end. I mean, he had a good season, but he kind of. I felt like uh, that last twin start wasn't so great. I don't know. Maybe uh, the overall numbers look amazing, but I thought that if you look at individual spots, if you have a playoff, he might have not been there for you as much as. Well, I, I, I got I got fucked over because uh, I mean, really, I, I got fucked over because I had I had injuries. Um, and I just completely lost my train of thought. Why did I get fucked over? I got fucked over because it was <laughs> 162 game season. That's pretty much what happened. Well, that's the only reason, huh? Well, I mean. Yeah. There were some guys that were. I mean, uh, okay, so a guy like Matt Olson. Matt Olson, you know, was putting up home runs. His average was absolute trash. I had, you know, I had COVID issues with some guys. But okay, here's what here's what I was going to get to. I got fucked over because it's a head-to-head league. If it was a roto league, there'd be no problem. I, I banged out the numbers. I would have finished fifth in roto, so I would have been no problem making the playoffs if this was like a roto league. But no, it was head-to-head. You know, we had six weeks, and it was it was just. Not, not good enough. But, of course, Steve Guile ended up winning. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, Steve, of course. Uh, Steve lost in the semifinals of our big league, and uh, I ended up winning that league, so that was nice. So. No, you did win. Hey, I finished second in that uh, league to Marty. Oh, nice. Yes, that's right. In the league with Marty Tallman and Roger Castillo and the crew. And yeah, some he of the sent me a text. Like, I got coming your way. I'm like, what? I'm like, awesome, yeah. dude. I remember he texted me to get your number, so I'm glad that worked out. Well done. We were neck and neck early, and then my team just – crapped out and everyone knows my story i've said it a thousand times i had too many leagues and I'm, i learned a lot so i will be downsizing for 2021 and i'm really looking forward to that i was only able to really focus on that main league which i was able to win and i only wanted to win it so nobody else in that league could talk shit or be like i want a championship for a 60 game season which doesn't compare to a 162 championship i don't want to hear it so my sole purpose was to take it away from anybody else cuz i'm not going to brag about it i won't i'm yeah. just like all right it's mine fine i'm not going to compare it to a full season well i think what happened with you this year is we started this pod in february we ended up meeting a ton of people in the industry and you just started getting invites to all these leagues left and right and you're like yep full bore i'm going in i'm doing it i'm doing it and then you're like oh i got too <laughs> yeah, it's still true. I, I, uh, I bit off more than I can chew. I admit it freely. And the good news is learn the lesson, apply it, and move forward. So Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. But, you know, as we look at this playoffs, you know, the wild card series were fun. The boring. White Sox were a disappointment. Boring? 
Did you say they were boring or am I mental? Uh, yeah, they were kind of boring. I mean, they, they weren't too. I mean, how many of the series went to three? Uh, not all of them. Uh, I thought Cincinnati Atlanta was fun, even though it ended up being a 2 0 sweep. Mm-hmm. But that's like, like you said, that's the the devil of the details of a three game series. Miami just sweeping out Chicago 2 0 was like. <laughs> I, call, I called it. I said the Cubs were absolute shit. They, can't, they cannot hit whatsoever. And I'm like, you know. Marlins somehow had been able to piece together a team with all these rookies and retreads, and they were able to take care of them. And uh, they couldn't get past the Braves. I, I think the right teams ended up where they are now. Maybe not the Astros, but, I mean, the Astros seem to do this when they get to the playoffs. Um, I'm happy the Rays got by the Yankees. Um, even though I had that Yankee flag in the basement, my wife was furiously upset about the Yankees losing. I, I want to see the Rays in the, in the series. I want to see Rays. I want to see Rays-Braves, but – We'll see. I mean, Kershaw's going to go tonight for the Dodgers, and I think Dodgers win tonight. And I think this, I think it's going to end up being a long series. Yeah, I don't. And they got off to a two-hole start. Braves did. That's good for them. But in the wild card series, the Padres and the Cardinals. That was the most entertaining, I thought. And the Padres threw that. <laughs> How many relievers they used that one game? The complete game shutout of like nine, nine relievers. relievers. New new reliever every inning. So, so this is what's been the most exciting part about the NLDS and the in the in the championship series is you're playing every day. So it's so true to what like your team really has in their stable of of arms. I mean, last night when the with the Braves, I mean, they were trying to get as many innings as they could from their worst relievers because you got to play again the next day, and that's why I was like, oh man, I'm like Dodgers putting up 11 runs in the first. They could really just destroy that Braves bullpen, and you saw it today. I mean, the the Rays and the uh, Astros are going with two openers basically. I mean, the Rays the Rays have already pulled their opener. They've already pro- pulled Curtis, and they're already into their bullpen. So it's it's a real real test on your team, and it takes all 26 27 guys to win win this series. Well, that was one of the other dynamics that showed up in that first series with the Cleveland and the Yanks. Bieber went against Cole, first game, out to shoot. Bieber dominates. He'll definitely win the Cy Young. He deserves to win the Cy Young. But then Cole totally outduels him. Bieber gets shelled by the Yanks. Doesn't give them a chance to win. And then immediately that night, everyone's saying, oh, drop Bieber in the rankings for 2021. So (laughs) it's one game. It's one game in New York. Like, what are you going to do? That's Yankees true. Were, Yankees were mashing that game. But it's also just 60 other games, too, which is yeah. hardly close to even a full season. So who's to say that Bieber would have had a poor second half? We'll never know. We can't prove that. We can't say that. I mean, he was amazing. And he also knew that he only had 60 games to work with. So he could give a lot more in yeah. each start, knowing that it wasn't a long slog. Yeah, yeah, that definitely played a factor with a, with a lot of these guys that normally would maybe be on pitch counts. You look at, you know, some of these guys with the Braves, a guy, a rookie like Ian Anderson, who I really, really like. I mean, yes. what would his his limit be on innings pitched if we had 162 games? There's no way he's going 180 to 200. He's a rookie here. Next year? Well, yeah, I mean, next year, I mean, we'll, we'll see if there's going to be a limit. I mean, how many innings did he pitch this year? I mean, he wasn't even brought up to what, second, third week? Right, so... What can we even consider? I mean, he's got the talent. We know that. But if Absolutely. he gets limited, this is what this is the problem. Because these guys have the talent, so they should be drafted high. But if you can't count on them for a full season, then you're in a real bind. And I, guys like Ian Anderson, uh, even uh, Jesus Lazardo, you know, he pitched mm-hmm. both season, but this is still not a lot of innings. And 
they're going to want him for the postseason in 2021. I don't know what to do with him. This this is this to me is like the crux of the difficulty of the 2021 drafting process. It's not that we just had a 60 game season. It's the fact that for pitching way more than hitting, it's going to make it much more difficult to determine what you want. How can you rely on a guy and trust that he'll be there for you for the whole season? I'm I'm really confused. I admit it freely right now, and I don't think I don't think people are being honest about that. Well, yeah, I, I look at a guy who I have in my dynasty league, Blake Snell, who didn't make it into the sixth inning of any games at all. I mean, he always seems to have a high pitch count anyways, but they were being careful after that elbow injury last year. It was 162 games. They probably would have skipped a bunch of his starts because there's no way he was going to go full, you know, 200, 210 innings coming off that elbow injury. So, you know, I'm cautious next year uh, with Blake Snell. I'm going to actually try to trade him in the offseason, especially with guys like Ian Anderson, who I just mentioned. I'm planning on keeping Ian Anderson at this point. Mm. So you're going to keep him, and you're just going to get whatever you get out of him? Who, Ian? uh, Yeah, Ian Anderson. Yeah, 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 he's going to be my fourth starter. What about a guy like, okay, so Tristan McKenzie, he was brought up, and he pitched pretty well, right? I also have Tristan McKenzie. Okay, so... Is he keeper? I mean, is he a dynasty worthy uh, guy to hang on to? We keep 12 guys. Uh, at this point, I have six pitchers I'm ready to keep. But obviously, in this league, I would probably only keep maybe three to four. Uh, we also have holds holds and saves as well. So I have some pretty good back end of the bullpen talent. So I'm looking to make moves with guys like Blake Snell, I mean, McKenzie, if somebody throws an offer out at me, if Ian Anderson, if someone throws an offer out at Ian Anderson, or you Darvish, I got you Darvish as well. So I'm going to be very active in the offseason in this dynasty, probably looking for more bats than pitchers. Well, Darvish was stupid. I mean, the walks and the strikeout ratio over the last two years combined, two seasons combined, make him a rare find. And he's getting older, you know, he's in his mid-30s now. He's 33 now. He'll be 34, and well, he is 34 now. He's officially okay, 34. 34. So, I, I wonder. I, I, don't, I mean, I'm sure you can get another good season out of him, but his contract runs until 2024, and I think that's actually just about right. Mm. Uh, he's already had Tommy John in his career, so hopefully he'll be stable. You don't have to worry about that. Darvish has shown himself, also, by the way. This has nothing to do with fantasy necessarily, but not to be a dependable ace in the postseason, which is unfortunate for a team that has postseason aspirations. And I even wonder if the Cubs maybe want to move him because the Cubs need like a, they need to switch things up. The the talent is not matching or meshing in any way. And they need more guys that can hit for a little bit more contact. I feel like, and I know the game has gone away from that, but I know they're all about getting on base too. So maybe the philosophy will change. If uh, what's his face, good old Theo Epstein might hit the road. It's possible he could leave. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of flux there and I think it's probably for the best. The Cubs are a super interesting team to look to see what they do in the offseason because I think they're at a crossroads. I think they're probably going to try to ship Brian off if they can. He's a free agent, I believe, after next year. He had another awful season. And like you said, they couldn't hit all year long. I mean, Hendricks was pretty solid this year. Darvish was really, really good. They got some young arms coming up. But besides that, like, I mean, Rizzo had a down season, uh, like – what are they going to do in the offseason? Them and the Indians are the two teams that I'm really interested to see what they do in the offseason because they might blow it up in both places. Yeah. Chris Bryant had a 76 WRC plus. I mean, that is 
putrid. I know it's a short season, but you would actually think the number would be higher if he could have performed a little bit in a short season. It's not even. It's not about length of season. That's just a number where you're not producing at all. It's terrible. It's terrible. He's 28 years old. I know he did have injuries, so you know he battled a couple different injuries, intestinal and then the wrist finger issue. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. I really don't. I will be avoiding him. He's definitely not someone I'm interested in. But a guy like David Price. Let's talk about guys who sat out the year. Ooh. How are we looking at them? David Price sits out the season. Mm-hmm. He will be well-rested, but when we go back to that innings pitched limit, this is a guy who's been stretched out for his whole career, so that shouldn't be an issue, but he took a whole season off. Will he be refreshed, and then you can depend on him for a full load in 2021, or will there be limitations? Because we'd have no idea what he did. You would hope he would have kept his arm in shape and he pitched and yeah. he took care of himself. You would hope that, but we don't know that for sure. So David Price, the value and the price on price will probably be pretty great. I'm really surprised he did not opt back in. Yeah, you would think uh, you know the way they were playing and the way things were going, uh, they didn't have any problems with COVID. Yeah, you think, I, I don't know. But he's also a very kind of independent guy. He thinks for himself. He's he's different dude, so not necessarily surprised. Well, I mean, he's got his ring. He's got, you know, a ton of money. How, how old's David Price now? Oh, gosh. I want to say he's 30. uh, 33. 30, he's uh, like Darvish's age, probably. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he worked out that arm, kept it in shape in the offseason. 35. 35 years he's old. 35 right? years old, really. He God, just that, 35. Went, that went fast. I remember him pitching at Vandy. <laughs> I do, yeah. I remember uh, he gave up that home run. Was it to Michigan? Yeah, yeah. Michigan beat Price, and then yeah. in game one, and then Vandy won two two in a row against. against I'm mixing up like, why do we play Vanderbilt so much in the college playoffs? That's annoying. Know, yeah. uh, the Vanderbilt's good, but hey, right. So, what do you do with Price then? Are you gonna? Or would you look to target him in like the two fifties? You know, or top top three hundred, maybe? Because I don't think the name recognition could put him as a top two hundred ADP dude. Just gotta get it again. Randy Rosarini just hit another fucking home run. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got to do it. He just had another home run. I'm watching it here on my phone. This is ridiculous. You're killing me. There's <laughs> no way. I'm... Top 40 player. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to pay this price. I loved him. He could steal bases. He's hits for power. He was the key part of that trade for uh, Matthew Liberator. Now, damn it. Well, good job. Good. I'm glad for him, but now I'm. The price is going to be. Yeah, so back back to price. I think price gives you value if he's going to be slotted way down, like you were saying. You were saying 250. I think he gives you value pitching for a really solid team. I'm just throwing out numbers. I mean, I'm wondering what you think. (laughs) I mean, he's not someone that I've targeted for the last probably four or five years, anyways. But if you're looking for a guy that is probably going to be dependable on a a team that's going to be solid for probably the next five, six years. But what does he have left in that arm? I have, we have no idea what he did in the offseason. We have no idea what type of bullpen work he was doing. If Maybe he didn't do shit. Maybe he just sat at home and he's super fat now. <laughs> Who would you rather have? Would you rather have David Price or Matthew Boyd in 2021? <laughs> God damn it. David Price. Re, we're talking redraft only. Standard five by five. David redraft. Price. David Price. Okay. All right. Wow. That is a... Fall from grace from Matthew Boyd, who was like top 25 starting pitcher coming into 2020. And he's getting a lot of shit for a short season. Again, maybe he was numbers would have balanced out. Again, we don't know. I just uh, don't, I don't understand Boyd. He was okay. So he was really, really terrible. Those first four starts. And then he kind of started to get it together for like the next couple starts through like three, four innings. Then he would fall apart again. Like I just, 
He just doesn't have control of his stuff. I have no idea what the Tigers are going to do with him. I have no idea what the, who the Tigers are going to hire as a manager. I, I I did hear they interviewed George Lombard, but uh, I have no idea what their direction is. And Who cares? There's nothing going on here. <laughs> like This could have been like a transitional point to be like, okay, we're going to start gearing into maybe building into something. And it just seems like another waste of... We could be very grateful that it was a short-ass season, so we didn't have to watch a whole slog of trash for a full season, I guess. That's the only positive spin here. Gardenhire never should have been there. This The organization is dysfunctional from top to bottom now, so we're looking at a, we're looking at dark days, man. We're looking at a depressing, long stretch of bogusness, and hopefully there'll be some good times brewing. Hopefully, Mize and Scooble and Torkelson and... You know, Reyes and all these youngsters can put it all together and we can have fun again. You know, if Riley Green gets the call up in a couple of years. Uh, we just, you know. but we don't trust the management. And that's what it comes down to. We don't trust the management no. to make the right hires, to make the right moves. I mean, not at all. You know, we've heard, you know, rumors of possible trades for Fulmer a few years ago, Boyd last year. And I don't trust Alavila. I don't trust Chris Illich. And I think you're on board with thinking the same thing. So it's, it's too bad we even had to bring the Tigers up. I wonder if it was a 162 game season where the Tigers end up with the worst record and end up with that number one pick. Cause now they have the number three pick. Yeah. They wouldn't have been far off. They would have got worse and worse. And maybe they would have made more moves to unload for picks or some type of prospects. We'll never know. So because it's just a mess. It's a mess, man. It sucks. It's no fun. This team's trash. And you're listening to the Palazzo Podcast. That's right. Two L's, two Z's on Twitter. Palazzo Podcast. Follow us and, uh, you know, write the show. Palazzo Podcast at Proton. Is it Palazzo Podcast or ProtonMail.com? It's been a couple weeks since I've said that. I, yeah, I get that sounds all right. I don't think there's an underscore in there or anything. No, I don't think so. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. And, of course, you could rate the show on Apple Podcasts if you like. We'd love a good rating. Five stars is ideal. If you rate the show four stars, it sounds like it's still a good rating, but it's basically like giving us a D. It, the rating system makes no sense. It's like Uber. If you get a four out of five stars at Uber, you'll lose your uh, ability to drive for Uber. It's the stupidest rating system. It's, it's like, going to be... What did you do wrong? There's no, like, uh, Sandy wipes in the in the Uber driver's car? Yeah, I don't know. It's one thing, and it goes down to four. There's no four and a half. Or th- you can't give a 4.8. So the rating system is not specific enough. Just know that when you're rating your Uber or Lyft driver, whichever service you choose. I looked up an, uh, Uber, the, I looked up an Uber the other day. We went to a wedding on Sunday, and I looked up an Uber in the afternoon. <laughs> it was $32. We did not Uber. $32 from where? How far? From downtown to my house. It's oh, like, it's like three point two miles. Just thirty dollars. Like, lock- I was like, it's I'm driving. <laughs> is there a lot going on, dude? Down, dude. I mean, you don't live in Ann Arbor anymore. Downtown has been insane. It's been packed. I mean, we've had beautiful oh. weather the last two weeks. It's been packed every single day of the week. Wow. So there might I wonder if there's a shortage of drivers. There's absolutely a shortage of drivers. I mean, before the pandemic, I could you know. You know, I live three miles from downtown. I can get an Uber within, you know, two minutes. Now it's like, whew, it's like maybe one or two cars out there. Huh. Well, no shit. Well, hey, guys, you're listening to Uber Talk. What's your best Uber story? Send us a show update. Plaza Podcast, ProtonMail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Plaza Podcast. Anyways, we're talking pitching. 2021 pitching. Who's going to get screwed and who's going to benefit you? How do you trust a pitcher who did only threw, you know, 60 innings, 50 innings? 45 innings that's nothing it's like a reliever for it's like a it's just not something that you can count on it's for guys that have a lot of potential i think we're looking at injuries 
and I think we're looking at a lot of of problems in 2021 with pitching, and I think we're going to be looking at deep, deep, deep diving into rosters because these people will have no other choice due to the injuries that will be an outcome, I guess, an uh, end result from this previous season. Really? Okay, so you're, yeah. you're because most guys. What's the top that most guys end, ended up throwing? Maybe seventy innings. Uh, well, I think some guys threw in the eighties, right? The right, twelfth part. Bieber uh, seventy-seven innings. Darvish seventy-six. Bauer seventy-three. Cole seventy-three. So yeah, yeah, mid seventies. Yep. So, see, so it, it makes you wonder what these guys' off-season work is, and if if it's no problem for them to come out and throw 180 to 200 innings next year. So you're already predicting injury-prone guys to fall. It's gonna happen. You know how baseball works. It's a one of the most. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. It's one of the most habitual sports there is. You got to be in your routines and stay in those routines. And if you get out of them. You know, I'm not talking superstition. I'm talking straight up habits and routines. And if they get screwed with, we already saw, you know, look what happened with football. Even, you know, people were saying a lot of the injuries that happened the first couple of weeks, they didn't have a preseason. Um, I don't know how much I buy into that, actually. But I'm just giving you an example of the changing of the scenery. When it gets moved around, it causes people to do things differently and can lead to injuries. It could be you could over compensate for one thing or maybe try to be aggressive on another area and then it causes an injury you know that yeah so maybe maybe next year you see a lot more guys getting start skipped or even batters maybe sitting down more days than they normally would a lot more six-man rotations probably um well let's talk top five then so for 2021 sps who's your top five my top five so it's got to be all batters i'm saying starting pitchers Ooh, we're going let's starting straight, Let's just talk starting pitchers only. Top five starting pitchers. I, For me, number one is Jacob DeGrom. I still stay. DeGrom's number one. I go Cole two. Now I'm going Bieber three. And then I'm going Luis Castillo four. Mm. And then I will go Darvish five. Okay. Um, I think Cole's still my number one. I'm on board with DeGrom. DeGrom has just been absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, this year, 68 innings, 104 strikeouts. Amazing. He threw a what? Yeah, one game? Did he throw 102 or something like or 100 miles per hour? <laughs> Dude, he's just getting better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so th- those are my top two right there. After that, you know, it's, it's probably Bieber. Uh, I am getting a little nervous. You know, we talked about you, Darvish, and, you know, him getting a little older, which makes me a little nervous. Um. You know, a guy like Max Max Freed, I don't think he's a top five guy, but you've seen it in the playoffs how damn good he is. I traded him last year for for a few other like hall of guys, like younger guys. I can't remember the, the exact trade I made, but I traded him. I think he's gonna be sneaking up into that top ten. Um, you said you had Luis Castillo in your top five? Number four, yes. Okay. I'm gonna be really interested to see what happens with Bauer in the offseason. Where is where is he going to end up? I don't think he ends up back in Cincinnati. Uh, he's got some of the best tweets going out right now because he's basically just offering his services to anybody. Which yeah, is it could hilarious. be Atlanta, could be the Yankees. He's going to go to a contender, and he's going to be a really, really good pitcher in a 5 by 5 league. I'd probably sneak him in, into my top five. So I got Bieber, Cole, oh. DeGrom, Bauer. And then after that, it's, it's kind of a mishmash of guys. I mean, I don't – 
you know, Steven Strasburg is going to be coming back next year. Uh, obviously, he got injured again this year. I, I yeah, don't, that's a nervous. It, I'm very it, concerned it, about that. Yeah, it's it's risky. Uh, you know, a guy like Mike Clevenger, he, he's also risky. I think there's just oh fuck that. Yeah, no, he doesn't even sniff the top five. Yeah, man. no, I mean, I'm just bringing up guys that in a normal year would maybe sniff that area, but they're not because of you know coming back from injuries. So I think. Maybe at the end of the season, you might see, you know, somebody completely different. I mean, is is Jack Flaherty going to come back? He had an awful season, 4.91 ERA with the Cardinals. He had a really bad season. He was a guy that was a top 10 guy. Yeah, he did uh, nothing to match that under two ERA from the second half in 2019. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have those top kind of four or five that we mentioned. Uh, I think Castillo is still really solid. He's probably there in that top seven to eight for me. But uh, Who's number probably, five, man? Come on, man. Cut the shit. I think it's probably Walker Bueller. Oh, okay. I can roll with that. He, he looked really nice the other night against the Braves. Um, uh, he gave up a couple of runs, but he, he gutted it out to get them through six innings, through over 100 pitches, still struck out, I believe, nine. Uh, you know, he had kind of – he's someone who, if it was a 162-game season, that 3.44 ERA would not have stuck. It would have definitely lowered. I mean, his whip was still under one, so it was really good. guy like Max Scherzer, where do you, where do you place him next year in your mock drafts? Yeah, see, that was someone I actually was peeking at for top the fifth spot because I still believe that he's a fantastic pitcher. But the injuries are piling up, and I also think the national season was just a bozo fest of like, oh, my God, we won the World Series, and now we're just trash this year, and we're not even going to bother to try to make up ground because we don't have the time. So I'm going to dismiss the 2020 national season, and I will actually call their 2021 the actual defense of their 2019 championship. So I think Scherzer is a key part of that, and that also applies to a Corbin bounce back, although Corbin's getting older too. He's in his 30s now, and he's not always reliable. I, I don't trust him nearly as much as Scherzer. I want that to be clear, but you know, Bueller, as the fifth guy, actually makes the most sense because in terms of upside, he's the guy I like the most, and I believe. And, you know, 2019, he was stupid good in a full season, and I trust that he'll get better because the Dodgers are going to allow him to get better, and he just wasn't able to do that in this season because – did he hit – what was the thing? Did he get hurt or was it COVID? Because he came into the training summer camp thing. It wasn't ready to go, and I can't – I'll have to – recall exactly what it was but that kind of hindered his progression into this short season i don't think there's much risk with him you know that you might take with a kershaw or a yeah. scherzer you know maybe even a darvish i mean bueller's probably young bueller's the youngest guy on that list of you know seven eight guys that we mentioned so i think he's probably a lock in there those mechanics are uh some of the best in the game i trust his delivery and his motion and everything it's it's kind of it's not verlander like but it reminds me of uh, the fluidity of it i, yeah, I trust you know you think a guy like like you said fucking clevenger you know <laughs> so many just least the injuries man and i was the one who defended him if we go back and listen to the podcast on our starting pitcher preview from february or march or whatever the hell we did it i'm sure i was singing clevenger's praises i was buying into him and then you know you got another damn knee injury coming into that season even though it didn't affect it because they had the delay and of course, he got hurt again at the end of this season with the bicep issue and wasn't able to give them what they needed in the playoffs. You cannot rely on Mike Clevenger for a full season with all the injuries that could be coming that will continue to roll. I don't look in the, in the mock draft I did with Justin Mason's too early mock draft TGFBI postseason thing. 
I took him as my first starting pitcher, and I hate it because I'd already waited too long. I took uh, hitters first, and that was all that was already left. And I, Clevenger as an ace is awful, and I don't think you want that. So don't do what I did. <laughs> Try to learn from my mistake. I can't believe when they rolled with him in that series against the Dodgers. I can't believe they pulled him out after he had been, you know, he missed a couple starts. I'm like, yeah, we're just going to, we're going to pitch him. He's got arm problems and we're going to throw him out there. Because they invested so much, you know, they did such a big trade, a big deal. And now they're stuck with him. And I, I understand it, but you had to have this feeling in the back of your mind. If you were the Padres management saying, ah, this is probably not going to work. I mean, they had more of insight on the inside than anybody else did. Yeah. But you know that's the thing. So top five, me and Deary, uh, we kind of we kind of agree. Yeah, that's similarity. What about neither one of us chose uh, Lucas Giolito for the top five? Mm. Is he close to your top five? Because for me, I think he's actually. If I didn't put Bueller in my top five, you did. I would have to put Bueller sixth, and then I would put Giolito seven. I think. I mean, through a no hitter, and I know his first start of the year against Minnesota. I can I can see it right now because I remember opening day. Max Kepler, first pitch, inside fastball, crushed a home run, and G. Lito got torched by the Twins. And everyone's like, oh, God, G. Lito sucks again. But he turned it all around, and he was actually pretty stellar. I think it'd be one of those things if we saw a 162-game season, where would G. Lito end up at? You know, he ended up 4-3, exactly. 97 strikeouts through 72 innings. That's super solid. 3.48 ERA, you know, that's kind of middle of the road. Whip was 1.04. He got torched in a couple starts, and that just – completely ruined where he probably should be projecting at. He's definitely going to be in the top 10 for pitchers next year. I agree. He also threw the first and only playoff victory the White Sox had against the athletics in the wildcard round. So he's their ace. He's the guy. And I, I trust him. I, I, I think I trust him now. I think he's developing into the guy who's going to take them next level. I mean, in that Oakland game, seven innings, two hits, one earn, one walk, eight Ks, total dominance. Unfortunately, he didn't have the pitching to back up their offense and the rest of the starts. And again, it's a three-game series, like you said, Deary. So, you know, weird shit happens. But I think Giolito's very close to that top five. I really do. In fact, you could probably talk me into it. You know, give me a drink or two. I could probably say, yeah, Giolito, top five. He's the fifth guy over Darvish. I think I'd have him in over uh, Castillo because I think you had Castillo in in the top five. I'd, I'd have him in over Castillo. Okay, see, now... This, I guess, is probably just where we flat out disagree because I think Castillo is making that jump. Remember how young he is. I mean, he's 27 years old. Mm. So but he doesn't have a lot of miles on the arm. No, he doesn't. But it seems like he's been around for a while. Like, he seems like he's been a stalwart for the last. I mean, he's pitched uh, a full bore 2018, 2019, and, you know, 70 innings of 2020. And the home runs per nine playing in that ballpark are outstanding. He had a .64 home run per nine. So he was really able to limit the home runs with his um, incredible changeup. One of the best changeups in baseball, hands down. And I really think the development is close. Uh, so I, you got to project a little bit based on what you see. You assume growth, and I think that's why I put Castillo in the in the top five there because I think he is um, he is that guy, and he deserves the praise because he can limit fly balls. And if you can limit fly balls, especially at Great American Ballpark, that's a good thing. Any love for Aaron Nola? You know, our uh, former guest, Ellen Adair, huge Phillies fan, giant Aaron Nola fan. Shout out to Ellen. Hello, Ellen. Um, 
I feel bad because she loves Aaron Nola. Even she must be disappointed in Aaron Nola because he really let her down the last week of the season. Mm-hmm. I believe it was a two-start week, and mm-hmm. he shit the bed. Mm-hmm. And they needed a win to get in the playoffs. And I don't know if he's the ace. I really liked him coming into the season where because his draft stock had slipped a little bit. He was around, you could get him around like uh, 50, you know, in the in the early 50s, late 40s at the highest on ADP. And I don't know if I love him. I think there's a couple of guys I'd rather have over him, like Bauer. I think I'd rather have Trevor Bauer oh, wherever yeah, he lands absolutely. up. Um, you know, definitely, like you said, I'd rather have Bueller. I already mentioned that. I think I'd rather have Max Scherzer over Nola, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, br- I bring him up because I think, I mean, in a five-by-five league he had an underwhelming season because he ended up with having five losses he did strike out 96 guys which was six fifth in the league yeah his whip wasn't terrible um okay i'm gonna throw another name out, out at you who had an incredible season a guy that we really liked at the start of the season denison lamet oh well so what's the story he's not his elbow's not torn we're not looking at tommy john <laughs> it's just a nasty uh bogus injury Oh, here we go. Yep. I need Looking an updated timetable on that elbow. Yeah, he's having surgery. Okay, but he, is he having surgery? Because I thought he <laughs> as was of, as of oh wait no here we go okay as of yesterday he doesn't believe he will have. Uh, General Manager AJ Preller said he does not believe Denilson Lamette will require surgery on his right arm. Okay, so that's good news. But uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, I was already suspect of him because of the fact that he's a two-pitch guy. Mm-hmm. And if there's injury concerns there, I mean, we saw what happened. Uh, there are injuries. People try to rehab their elbows, and they finally get, like, Ken Giles. Ken Giles is the perfect example. Going back to 2019, 2019, he had elbow issues, and he was on and off the IL, and he was still able to come back and kind of pitch at the end of the season. They finally put him on the IL, said, let's just rest him for 2020. Comes into 2020, pitches one game, hurts his elbow again. Now he's back on the IL, and we wait and wait and wait for Giles to come back. And then he comes back, he tries to pitch again, doesn't work out, and then it's finally admitted, I'm going to have Tommy John. So if he just would have had Tommy John back in 2019, he'd be back now. Like, he'd be ready to go for sure for 2021. Now all is lost. And we got this hit or miss up and down closing effort from a great closer. He really does have good stuff. So I think uh, you see elbow injuries and you don't know what the conclusion will be. Griffin Canning, you know, he did have the elbow injury in spring training. And then it turns out he pitched the whole season. So it wasn't bad. I guess it's case by case basis, but you got to watch out. And I'd rather have many, many, many more pitchers than Dill Nelson Lamed. I'd rather have Scherzer. I'd rather have, hell, I think I'd rather have Corbin Burns. Ooh, you love Corbin Burns. Well, I loved what he did. I am suspect of the price now. People are going to jack it up. Yeah. I don't want to pay the price. If he's going to be a top like 80 guy, no way. I'm not paying that. Yeah. yeah. That's the concern here. You know, the, a guy like Kershaw gets hurt a lot. Clayton Kershaw. He's let his team down here in the play. He's pitching tonight, though, right? Apparently, starting tonight. So his bizarre got pushed back, and he's gonna, his back spasms acted up. He was great in the regular season this year, and his walks were super low, and his strikeouts were high, and he was going six innings a start at least. Again, knowing that he only had to go 60 games. Yeah. Would you rather have Max Fried or Clayton Kershaw in 2021? Oh, wow. That's difficult. 
because I, like you said, Kershaw is even though he's older, he's still more of a strikeout pitcher than Freed is. Freed's you're not getting, a, you're not getting thirty starts from Kershaw, but are you getting thirty starts from Max Freed next year? I, mean, I, Max, I think so. Yeah. If if anybody if these guys are gonna do it, if they're all gonna do it. He can do it because the previous year, you know, he went 17 to nine. He pitched a full load in 2019. So he's got that already done in the bag. And if he's, if we're assuming that all the pitchers who pitched full loads coming into the season and then gave as much as they could for this short season, if we're assuming that they're all going to pitch full loads in 2021, then I would assume Freed is part of that. I'll be interested to see where both their ADPs are next year. I mean, I feel like at some point people are going to not buy in on Kershaw anymore, even though he's still super solid. He had a really good year again this year. Um, and I think people are going to, okay. So think about this way. Clayton Kershaw has always been absolute trash in the playoffs, but it doesn't affect that. He's always been one of the top three, four starting pitchers, you know, in being drafted in the next few years, Max Fried has been amazing in the playoffs. So I'm really interested to see where Fried is going to be, you know, slotted at next year. I would probably, I'd probably still take Kershaw. Freed is just—he'll be 27 when the season starts, and he's going to become a Nunes prime now again. Another guy who can really—and he could be the number one guy. Probably, probably should be unless they sign a Trevor Bauer. He'll probably be the number one guy for Atlanta. Yep. I traded Freed at the deadline in my main league. I remember that, and then he got put on the IL the next day. I was very fortunate, but I mean, he came back. It wasn't it ended up being a major thing, but I didn't regret trading him because I felt like he was going to trail off because the. Like you said, the stuff's not overpowering, and some of the stat cast numbers show that maybe he's due to get hit a little bit harder. But he's been able to limit it. There's guys that can limit hard contact, and that's their job. And if he does that and he does it every time out, then that's fine. But I think of all the names you mentioned beyond the top five, I think I'd rather have Zach Gallen almost over any of these guys. I really believe in Zach Gallen. I think he's very close to sneaking into the top five. I really do. What about a guy like Zach Plesak? That is really hard. Uh, in the mock draft, the TGFBI two early mocks, he was sitting there around uh, 100, about pick 100. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. is this too early? Because <laughs> it's only 60 games. I mean, I the guy was, I had him on my team. He was fantastic. I yeah. traded for Plesak as part of that freed deal. I got Plesak and uh, Kyle Hendricks back. And they're not like, they're not the most dominant guys, but they limit contact again. Plesak strikes out a little bit more. He's a guy that, is in that Cleveland system where they're just just turning out the, the starting pitchers. They're just the studs, right? So he, he walks six guys this year in fifty-five innings. That's outstanding. Yeah. That's that's what these that's what they do. They they limit the walks. They go at the hitters. Uh, they get strikeouts. And though he had the eleven strikeout game to start the season against the Royals, if you recall, he came right out the gate, and people are like, "Oh, Zach Plesac's on the scene." Eleven Ks, but what do we got? Look deeper. Looking at those 2019 numbers, <laughs> is that more of the reality that would have leveled out? He pitched 115 no innings. You have no idea. I mean, the Caper 9 would probably have stayed higher because he obviously made an adjustment and he's learning. I don't know if the walks would have crept up. I mean, 0.98 is stupid, so that's got to go up a little bit. Um, the Babbitt was 224. That seems a little unrealistic to hang on to. 255 in 2019. And this one is dumb. And I know it's a short season. I know that. But a 91% left LOB percentage, that's not sustainable because it was 78% in a full season in 2019. Yeah, and going into next year, you're going to play the Twins and the White Sox 17 times. Exactly, exactly. 
So you think about all those things, despite some of the really great returns I got from Plesak in this little stretch, you got to be a little suspect. So you have to be willing to make an assessment, take a chance, say, you know what? He's worth it at this pick to me. But Zach Plesak, he could have got off the almost the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Absolutely. So why don't you find the next Zach Plesak in 2021? Mm. That's that's what I'm interested in. Who are guys that are way down there in the starting pitching ranks that are going to take a step forward? You know, guys that maybe didn't play. What about like a Jamison Town? Oh, he'll be coming back. Right. I don't I know, mean, man. He's just injury. I feel like he's old now, even though he hasn't even been in the league long, just because he's always been injured. <laughs> Yeah, he was a prospect for a long time. I think he's like 28, I want to say. Yeah. He only played – yeah, he's 28. He'll be 29, actually, next month. So he's going to be 29 in 2021. Damn. And he's only pitched – he's only had three seasons that he's been able to really pitch. That's too bad. But if he's healthy, you know, there's there's some game to like there. But it's such a – that's a long shot. That's not really what I'm talking about. I, I want someone who's healthy and – who can give you a full, like Dylan Cease. What about Dylan Cease taking a jump in 2021? He was able to pitch this year. Uh, they relied on him. They allowed him to grow a bit. He wasn't fantastic by any means, but, you know, he was able to keep his ERA under four, which is surprising. Is that a guy who takes a jump in 2021? It's a possibility. I mean, he's been within the organization for a few years now. I, someone sent a few offers out to me trying to give me Dylan Cease early on in the season and, uh, I mean, he could be a guy that, you know, jumps from having an ERA usually in the mid-fours to, to maybe a lot lower. What about a guy like Tony Gonsolin? Is he going to be in that starting yeah. rotation next year? I hope so. I really he's like 20, him He's 26. Uh, he had a really solid season, started eight games, you know, appeared in nine games. He looked really yep. good the other night, too. Yes, I I like Tony Gonsolin a lot, and I think a lot of people are going to be buying in on him. So the problem will be, again, will people <laughs> jump too soon on him because he's a Dodger starter, he's got the stuff, and uh, he's performed when needed, and that usually bumps it up. And if he has a couple more playoff starts that are impressive, if they can continue to stay in things, that'll only make it worse. But I like him. I like it. I like what I see. I think he's uh, got a lot of talent, and he's got that slider and fastball combo, and it's nasty stuff. It's tough to stop. But I think I would rather focus on other guys with less prices. And, you know, as we wrap up the show here on our little uh, 2021 preview, we're talking playoff impact. We're talking 2021. What can we look forward to? I guess we really focused on starting pitching, really. That's kind of what it came down to. Um, what about your top five hitters for 21? I think Acuna is still number one. I know we talked about this a few weeks ago. Is that regardless um, or is that more Roto? Um, I mean, I just love the guy. So he's going he's gonna to be on my team no matter what. Well, okay, you love the guy. That's fine. That's a good reason, as any. I mean, he's still an amazing player. So there's not. I mean, I just I don't think you can go wrong with those those top guys of Acuna, Trout, Soto. Maybe Tatis gets in there now. I I don't. I yeah, don't know. Exactly. I mean, he it, has to be. Look what he did. It was I mean, you pick anywhere. I mean, it's more of like who drops out of that that top five. Does Christian Yelich drop out of the top five now? Definitely. Yeah. It was really but bad. And again, he only played 60 games. Right, but it was really bad. So yeah. it's going to hurt him in 2021, even if you don't want it to. Mm -hmm. He's the guy who suffers the most, and Trout's already suffering a bit too. People are trying to push Trout down. Like, well, you know, people make this mistake time and time again, you know, and 
I don't are giving up on Mike Trout already. Well, not giving up, but just saying he's number four, number five. You know, people are pushing Tatis and Soto way up, and they're pushing Trey Turner in the top five. Well, Trey Turner had a really, really great season. I, I mean, I would have really loved to have seen what Juan Soto would have done over 162 games. I mean, he had 154 at bats. That's close to being 60 to 70 less at bats than guys like a Trevor Story, a Lindor, um, a Mookie Betts. And he batted 350. It was incredible. And he, he only had, played he had, 47 games. He had 41 walks, 28 strikeouts. You know, mm-hmm. just like that. More walks and strikeouts. Stole six bases, 13 home runs. But mostly everything that Trey Turner did really bears out to be true. You know, his exit velocity was very, very good. Wasn't elite, but it was above average. And every, all the expected stats were outstanding. He doesn't strike out either. And the sprint speed is obvious. I mean, he didn't steal for a while, and somehow he ended up with 12 stolen bases. He didn't steal for, I want to say, like the first 15 games or so. I was like, dude, is this guy ever going to start getting on the base pass? And he did. So the guy who can hit 330, give you 40 steals, maybe hit 25 home runs. I like that guy. His, you know, his also his OBP with the good batting average and a slightly improved walk rate mm-hmm. are good things. And the and the K percentage. I don't know if it's going to be what it was in 2020. I mean, it's a short season. You guys all know that. But it was 13.9 down from 19.7 in 2019. Now, would that have gone up a bit with a full season? We'll never know. But uh, it really looks good. And I think Trey Turner, the top five is very, very possible, especially in Roto. Is he above Tatis? Just looking at shortstops here. Well, I think it's going to be hard to make that case because Tatis is on a He's part of a lineup with a lot of heat on it, and people are going to – he's also a very flashy player, loves to get active, loves to bat flip, loves to get wild, uh, hits important home runs, and the Nats were just like soft-serve trash. So people are going to be dismissive. Also, shortstop is deep. Uh, I think Tatis will be ranked higher. I really do just because of these factors. And, yeah. But I think I think I'd rather have uh, Trey Turner. If I could wait to get Trey Turner at pick six or seven, maybe at seven, the latest, that might be the latest you can get him. Um, I would do that. There's that like newness with Tatis. Obviously he came up halfway through the year last year and he just had an incredible season and, you know, people got to see him a little bit in the playoffs and he yeah. had some important hits and he's obviously a lot flashier than a Trey Turner, than a Trevor story. And I, I think the Padres ended up becoming a really cool story. So yeah, yeah, I think it could be more the recency bias, and people are just like, "Oh, I love that guy." It's like it's like me with Acuna. I love that guy. I'm drafting him number one overall, no matter what. Well, the lineup supports him too. Machado had a real bounce back here. Yeah, Hosmer he and Will Myers. I mean, all those guys supported yeah. him, and in fact, all those guys are really interesting. Machado, Myers, will they produce again in 21? I'd love to talk more about that, but we're going to end it there. That's the end of today's show. We'd love to continue the conversation. We'll talk more about hitters next time, and uh, hopefully, we can do a. Uh, by next week's show, we can do a World Series uh, preview. I wonder if the World Series actually start by then. I, it might. It should. I mean, they, they're playing every day, so these games yeah. will be over by the weekend. Yeah, so maybe, uh, well, maybe we'll sneak in the show before the series starts so we can preview it and talk about it and then look at it from a fantasy perspective. Don't forget, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. You can follow the show. And Deary, tell people where they can find you. Uh, Deary 1999 on Twitter. That is correct. And I am at MJ Govier. If you want to talk baseball, I'm ready to talk baseball. I love baseball. It's a fun sport. And even though it might not happen after 2021, we should all really cherish this upcoming season. So thanks for listening. Uh, email the show, Palazzo 
podcast at protonmail.com, and uh, we will catch you next week. Bye-bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.